Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And this is Jeff. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And this is the Tape Store number 80. Oh, This is the 80th episode we've ever done. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. I know, right? (laughs) I can't believe we've been around for 80 episodes. And this is our second uh, foray into the world of Star Wars. Yes. May is Star Wars month Mm -hmm. at the Tape Store. Um, This is the month of May the 4th be with you. And uh, last year we had a great time going through, uh, what was it, uh, Empire, Jedi. And um, uh, episode one. And of course, you know, <laughs> my favorite was going through episode one. You know, Jeff, I know you were there with us. And by the way, we're happy to have you back, Jeff. Yes. It's been Always a while. Always happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. It has been a while, but uh, couldn't wait to have you back for Star Wars Month to talk about uh, something really special in the sense that we're not actually talking about the normal Star Wars stuff. We're talking about Expanded Universe this month. Right. Everything we're doing this month is going to be related to the Expanded Universe, which essentially, um, if you're a big Star Wars fan, then you know what Expanded Universe is. Um, and if you're not such a huge Star Wars fan, or maybe you're just, you, know, you like Star Wars, but you know you never really took that plunge into... You know, the depths of Star Wars culture, right, Brooke? That's raised me. her hand. Yeah. That's me. Uh, then you understand that exp- <laughs> Expanded Universe was, Star Wars came out in 77, and then, you know, with, with A New Hope, we had Empire in 80, we had Jedi in 84, or 83. Right. And that spawned not only toys, but a slew of, of novels uh, that weren't necessarily considered what we call canon. Right. Or I guess maybe what George Lucas and Lucasfilm considered canon, which means, okay, yeah, sure, have fun reading the Star Wars book, but this, we're not considering that as part of the actual Star Wars narrative. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah. And there has been tons. I mean, tons of, of novels and stuff, you know, some considered canon, some not. And the 90s was a big decade for Expanded Universe. It was a huge decade for the Expanded Universe. That was where we get Timothy Zahn's trilogy. And that is where we get also what we're going to talk about um, this week, which is Shadows of the Empire. Probably one of the more well-known Expanded Universe stories. Jeff, do you remember first finding out about Shadows of the Empire? Yeah, I think um, I became aware of it. I, I I don't remember if it was the toys, you know. We we have a mutual friend who is um one of the biggest collectors of to- Star Wars toys, probably, you know, it, it, as big as it gets. You know, a whole whole room, right. you know, a, a very large room, completely dedicated to like toys everywhere. Yeah, and you know, I remember he got them, and I'm like, oh, uh, who are these guys? You know, what's this? You know, I, I'm right. I'm like intrigued because there's like. You know, Leia, she's got a lightsaber. Like, how does Leia have a lightsaber? Who is this guy? Oh, that's clone, you know, Palpatine or whatever. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and right. then, you know, there's Dash Rendar, who is a character in this book. Um, and I'm like, who are these characters? And he's kind of trying to explain it to me and stuff. And then, of course, there's there was the Nintendo 64 game, Shadows of the Empire, which that, I don't, I don't know how close, I don't remember anything about that game. I just remember watching him play it. <laughs> right right and i know you play as dash randar and you're just I, I just remember him flipping everywhere and like shooting guns <laughs> <laughs> like that's all i remember <laughs> but um and that until i read this book or actually i listened to it rather uh on uh audible which it was extremely entertaining <laughs> probably the yes. next best thing to watching a star wars movie because it's I mean, you, you want to talk about that a little bit yeah definitely um I want to get to that. Uh, first, I want to talk about just some some you know basic information we always like to give. So, Shadows of the Empire was written by Steve Perry, not the lead singer of Journey, right? Uh, an author named Steve Perry. Uh, it was released in May of 1996. Uh, the book was, and it takes place in a really really pivotal time in the Star Wars story. This this story, Shadows of the Empire, the events of Shadows of the Empire. Take place after Empire Strikes Back and before Return of the Jedi, so it, it's very pivotal because 
when you're a Star Wars fan, you remember watching Empire and wondering what is going to come of Luke. You know, he ended his training, his Jedi training with Yoda early. He faces Darth Vader. He fails. Um, and Han, of course, is kidnapped. Uh, you know, he, jo- right. jo- you know, Jabba the Hutt has a bounty on him. Boba Fett, of course, the best bounty hunter this side of the galaxy, <laughs> maybe ever, uh, you know, gets his hands on him and is able to, you know, Boba Fett is able to make a deal with Darth Vader. You know, Lando's yes, involved. iconic moments. Yeah. But, so everything is up in the air. Everything is up in the air. And, and then Return of the Jedi comes out and Luke went from defeated and uncertain and, you know, we don't know what's going to come of this guy. Right. To confident and sharp and on point and powerful with a new lightsaber. And my big question, you know, as a Star Wars fan was, what the heck happened? What what was he doing during right. this Right, what time? did we miss in this right. interim time? And even though Shadows of the Empire is not considered canon, and it still has never been dubbed canon, even though portions of it are, and we're going to get to that, uh, portions as in small little details in Shadows of the Empire have been incorporated into the canon, but the story itself is still considered expanded universe. Right. But I think it's still, this is a worthy submission as yeah, as sure. as something that could have happened between Empire and Jedi, and I I, I love what they did with Luke during this, you know. Right. Uh, but yes, the game. So 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 Shadows of the Empire, of the book spawned, and we're going to get more into that with Luke and everything. The story. So again, May nineteen ninety six, Steve Perry. The video game was released on N sixty four, December of nineteen ninety six, which nineteen ninety six was the year of Nintendo sixty four, <laughs> and you know. Around Christmas, holidays, you know, the game to have was Shadows of the Empire. I didn't own it when it came out. I eventually did procure it, though. I do like the game. It's interesting, after reading the book, which I didn't read the book at the time it came out. Right. The toys came out, too. Jeff talked about them. Uh, The Star Wars Power of the Force toy line came out with a series of figures. And Shadows of the Empire answers a lot of questions. One of them being, you know, how did Luke increase in skill? Right. Where did Leia get her... um, Boosh costume. True. Uh, yeah, that's right. Or, out, or outfit. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And, 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 and other things of that nature. Um, <laughs> so, and it also Dark Horse came out with a limited um, six-issue series of comic books on it. And those comic books were written by John Wagner. And we recently, on a trip to... Uh, I found this. Brooke found <laughs> uh, at the flea market... Uh, the sixth issue, so I'm holding the sixth issue here, of Shadows of the Empire, number six, and this is from 1996 nice. itself. Yeah, the 90s. It's 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 an artifact. It's a it's a relic. It is indeed. Now, I want to read the synopsis. And excuse me, I'm not going to read the synopsis, but I'm going <laughs> in, in the inside flap of the book. They have a little. Um, little spiel which is which is written very similar to what you would see on a Star Wars scroll in the beginning of a movie. Yes. And w- which is exactly how Jeff said this now we listened to the audible version. Yes, we all thanks to Jeff, we all three listened to the audible version, yeah. but I did also read some of the actual books, so we kind of flip-flopped. And I would recommend the audible version because it's brief. This really isn't a long book. It's quick. And and I think that's actually good that he kept it because not a whole lot of time, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff. It's not a whole lot of time between Empire and Shadow. Uh, excuse me, Empire and Jedi. It's it's a very brief window of time. I would, yeah. I would, well, I, relatively brief, I would say. I mean, of course, this this book. I don't know. I mean, you're probably gonna get get, get into it, but it starts out, you know, with the um a, a, a kind of you know, you know bridges you know empire you know that like the end of empire like it it, it kind of i think like luke is having a dream right about yeah or anyway and but you see like uh darth vader he he has that scene where he's you know talking to emperor palpatine on the holodeck and there's some I mean, overlap with empire yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of an overlap, and that, that that's where it, that's where it gets really muddy between the you know the movies and the ex, and the expanded universe. Yeah. I mean, in the book, it's it's word for word, you know, from the movie. It's like that's that's the part from the movie. That's <laughs> you know? the part, right? That's the part. Very important. Yeah, because I mean, that's, that's line where, for that's line. Where, 
yeah, that's where Luke Skywalker really becomes an issue um, as far as between the Emperor and Darth Vader. Right. I think what we're going to get from this story, and we're going to talk about that is, and what I loved about this story is seeing things through the perspective of Vader. Right. Oh, yeah. But That but, was my favorite But part. that moment where he has that conversation with Emperor Palpatine, it's it's where, you know, it's it's the scene in, in, in Empire where he's kneeling and, you know, the, the, the big head of the Emperor appears before him and mm-hmm. they, they converse about Skywalker. Right. But and, it's from the perspective of the, this new character. Right. Yes. Prince Shizor. It's so interesting. Yeah. His name's Shizor, right. Yeah. And by the way, just want to say, so um, Empire and Return of the Jedi, several months. This that that's what this period is. It's a se- right. it's, it's a period of several months. So it is very brief. And I, I want to talk about. So who are the main players in Shadows, which is which is kind of what we call it for short, you know, Shadows. So we have uh, Luke Skywalker, of course, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, R two and C three PO, Lando Calrissian. Uh, Wedge and the Rogue Squadron, which we're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We'll get to it. <laughs> Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. So the the new players that come into the story are Dash Rendar, <laughs> Prince Shizor, and Guri. Ah, yes, Guri. Yeah, and we're going to again kind of talk and flesh them out a little bit as we go through the story. So, without further ado, if you guys are ready, we're going to jump mm-hmm. into ready. Shadows of the Empire. So, let's talk about the beginning of the story. Okay, so before we start, though, I want to read that stylized yeah. little opening that you would see uh, inside the flap of the book. So, imagine, again, it was written in that style of like a classic Star Wars scroll. So, imagine, you know, we see Star Wars, there's the fanfare, Shadows of the Empire, the words are scrolling up. Here we go. It is a time of crisis. Han Solo, frozen in carbonite, is being taken to the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. As Princess Leia mounts a rescue mission, including Luke Skywalker, Lando Calrissian, and a brilliant young pilot, Darth Vader pits himself against a cunning and ruthless rival. Shizor is the leader of a powerful crime syndicate who seeks to supplant Vader for the favor of their mutual master, the dreaded Emperor. Their target? Luke Skywalker. Suddenly, Luke finds himself the potential prize of the two most evil entities in the galaxy. One who wants him alive, and one who wants him dead. So that is, that is setting the stage for our story. So, um, Jeff, you talked about the, um, we talked about the, the audio drama. Now, who is the actor that read? Because here's the thing. One guy reads... The audio drama. It's it's not different voices. It's not like a female actor is Princess Leia and one guy is Luke and one guy's Chewbacca's groans and grunts and then one guy's Lando. This guy and who is he's an actor. He's actually you know pretty accomplished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is he? Anthony Anthony Harold is his name. Um, and uh, some people out there might uh, know him from the uh, Silence of the Lambs. He played the very uh, sleazy, horrible Doctor. Uh, I think Mike is it Michael Chilton? I yeah, believe it Dr. was. I only I, Doctor Chilton is all I got. Yeah. That's how Dr. we've Chilton. been referring to him this whole time. <laughs> yeah, he he's like um, he's like uh, Hannibal Lecter is like a nemesis, or you know, he, at least he he likes to think that. I, I don't think Hannibal Lecter gives him a, a second thought. But anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I don't think he. Yeah. Well, the, the film ends with him following him with the intent to uh, eliminate him. So right. Yeah, he gets yeah, it in the end. Kind of does hate him a little bit. But he so does this, great here. He does great here. Right, he does great. Yeah. He's not a bad guy here. No, he's no. a great actor. I mean, obviously, you know, but... <laughs> right. And this guy is the voices of everyone. And I, I just wanted to mention him because this is, you know, when we're listening to the Audible and we're listening to this, you know, audiobook slash drama, it really felt like it because this thing includes sound effects. It includes real um, uh, pieces of the uh, John Williams score from from, you know, across all three films. So it, it really does pull you in, even when sometimes the uh, voice acting isn't entirely um, convincing. <laughs> it, it, it was hard hearing him talk as Leia because he's a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he just didn't get the Leia, like, gumption. We talked about that. Leia's very assertive. He's like, I'm she, a man playing a woman. Like, it, that was right. it. Like, yeah, he doesn't talk in falsetto or anything, but he kind of laxes his, right, you know. Right, right. He, he does his best. 
right. for effort. But like when when like Darth Vader's speaking, he's speaking through his like respirator. He's I mean he's yeah. you know you know it's Darth Vader talking. Yeah, his and his Darth Vader was really good. Yeah, there's sound effects. But like I think it's, it's yeah. awesome. And I think we all agreed though his 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 uh, portrayal of Luke was probably the best out of all his. Yeah, voices. he he. You could tell when Luke was talking, right? For sure. So and yeah. the Emperor and Darth. He was really Emperor Darth Vader Luke. Yeah. And 3PO, <laughs> actually. Yeah, he was actually good. 3PO, he, really he actually did really good. That's yeah. actually... Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. My, one of like my favorite parts of the entire oh, yeah. book. Yeah, and if we pass something, by the way, to to any of us, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if you know, again, I'm, I'm kind of going through the plot points and through the narrative, so if I... If, feel free to stop me. Feel free to tell me to hit the brakes. Mm-hmm. So, guys, I mean, obviously, our heroes, we know that the Empire ends with... We're going to get Han. Right. And Leia loves him, and he's Luke's best friend, and he's one of Lando's best friends. And Chewie's And, and he's Chewie's brother. Right. You know, yeah. they're, they're, I see them as brothers. So we know that going after Han, obviously, is, is going to be part of this thing. Mm-hmm. But before we even get to that, uh, we actually open a little f- further back. Right which we talked just a few minutes ago, we said that there is some overlap. You know, that before the story actually begins, it, it, it actually kind of, before the, before the narrative moves forward, it actually kind of goes back and refers us to something very important that happened in Empire Strikes Back. So, Brooke, that, that's what you were talking yes. about. Yeah. Okay, so um, it opens with, you know, that, that conversation between Palpatine and Darth Vader and, you know, Toby Jeff, y'all can jump in. But... In the movie, we're seeing it from Darth Vader's perspective. Yes, the Emperor is just a hologram. Right. So we're, we're the hologram we see is Palpatine. And just to give you, you know, just to give some perspective about, and Jeff, you can jump in. What we saw watching Just Empire is the Emperor is concerned because Luke Skywalker is a threat. Right. And the Emperor wants him destroyed. Right. But Vader goes. Well, let's not destroy him. Let's turn him, mm-hmm. as in to the to dark, the dark side. Right. And then, of course, of one of the most important statements: the son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. So that that's the significance of that conversation, right? And we get that, as you said, from the perspective of Darth Vader. But this is going to be different, right? In shadows. So go ahead. And as Jeff said uh, a little bit earlier, he said we see it from she's she's perspective. But what is layered on top of that is because we're seeing it from she's perspective, he is there with Palpatine. Darth Vader doesn't know that. Right. That's so, the thing is that we're hearing this conversation. Shizor is taking us through his mental process with it. But um, in the movie, you know, we like I said, we see Palpatine's hologram but in this we're realizing oh there was somebody else there right privy to this conversation and Shizor. yeah who is Shizor? right who let, let's just stop for a second mm-hmm. and talk about who prince Shizor is first off he's from a race known as the Falin. Mm-hmm. they're like a humanoid reptilian race but they're they're not like they don't they're not like these slimy lizard dudes you know they're actually yeah. very very civilized and you know they seem to have a very high level of culture right and organization you know Uh, very calculating yes very like cold and calculating so Shizor is the head of a crime syndicate called the black sun so why is he with emperor palpatine so jeff what did what did we get from this so, uh, Seizure, uh, I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Sorry, Seizure, uh, Prince Seizure, like, first of all, he hates Darth Vader. And he hates him for a very good reason. And um, so, basically, it, it tells the story a little bit later on, but apparently Darth Vader was involved in the uh, attempt to create some biological weapon somewhere. And, for the Empire, yeah. And... I, I guess something went wrong, and like they ended up having to like kill like an entire like city, or or, or like you know like a, a, a large portion of this planet. And uh, Prince Sejor's family was was the you know the recipient to that. So he wants revenge. He hates he hates Darth Vader. 
he has a hidden agenda. Right, and we don't know that yet. <laughs> you know. But, right, um, and that's okay that we can talk about that now, right. and because Shizor, in that sense, is a victim, but by no means is Shizor some Boy Scout who's just like no. He he's the, Shizor's a bad dude. Right, he's not good. He, he mentions in this chapter that he is the third, like most powerful person in the galaxy. Yes, under the Emperor. Yes. and Darth Vader. Yeah. Now, a couple things. First off, Shizor's the head of a crime syndicate, which. A lot of money is in this. He has a lot of authority over like shipping and things like that. All things that the Empire utilizes. Right. So that is how he is in cahoots with the Emperor. The Emperor, obviously, he's useful to the Emperor. Yeah, he's he's a resource. But here is the second thing I want to talk about with Shizor. While he's incredibly powerful, incredibly rich, very dangerous, like you said, uh, very perceptive. Right. Yes. He. That's the. That's that's one of the biggest things about him is he can really perceive what's going on underneath the surface. But one of the things that we three, because of our knowledge of who the Emperor is, who Vader is, and what they've been up to since long before she's or entered the picture, right, is that he's getting neck deep in something that he has no understanding of, and that is yeah. the reality of the Force. Right. Whether you're dealing with dark side or light side. Shizor is, he's coming in with a handicap here. Yeah, no amount of perception no. can make up for a force sensitivity. And I think Shizor's a tragic character in the sense of obviously, what, you know, what Jeff talked about, what happened to him, you know. But also, the fact that we're, we're going to, as we as the story progresses, he's going to think he's doing really well. Right. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, this guy has no comprehension of what he's messing with. Exactly. Because Palpatine and Vader are both products of the Force. Right. As far as who they are is because of their knowledge of the Force. Something that Shizor really is... He doesn't understand it. No, he doesn't. He thinks it's all by, you know, for all we know, he thinks that, you know, uh, the Force is some hokey religion, which like is what Han thinks, which right. is what that... Idiot Imperial officer in, in A New Hope who mouthed off Darth Vader, you know, you're some sorcerer. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And he learned real quick. So and did you pick up on that, Jeff, that Shizor's like, this guy has no idea what he's dealing with. He's coming in on this this thing. He has no knowledge of the Force. Yeah, especially, you know, down the road when, you know, he, um, I, I, I don't want to get too uh, ahead of myself, but yeah, but yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> not to take away, but I, I wanted to talk about those two things. I want to right. say, first off, this is where Shizor's coming from, you know, obviously, you know, Jeff, and you covered that really well. But two, I wanted to talk about, you have to understand, this guy, I'm sure he's heard of Jedi, no doubt he's heard of the Force, you know, but, but I think it's much like anyone else is talking about, so, oh yeah, I've heard of that religion. Right. But we know that the Force is... It's the real deal. It's the real deal. And that whether and that Jedi's or Sith, look whether you're light side or dark side, the Force is the Force. Right. It's powerful. And I just wanted to talk about how Shizor, just his limited perspective when it comes to this. He has again, he's he's tampering with a much bigger issue here. You know now, so so keep going, Brooke, just to get back to so Shizor going back to that epic scene. Where Darth Vader is kneeling before the holographic image of the Emperor, right, off, off to the side off of the hologram, <laughs> off, off camera, off hologram, yes, is Shizor, okay. right? And so we're getting, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a third person omniscient narrator, but we're we're still seeing the perspective of Shizor. So he is watching this go down, and what's interesting about it to me, and we all three have already talked about it, um, he is. Again, perceiving what Darth Vader's feeling about this. Here's where I um, realized by accident that the audiobook and the book were a little different because the audiobook gives us some of this. It's a little more abridged. It it's does, abridged. It does, I mean, it's it's a short. It's short, so it makes sense. It's not word for word. It's about three hours. It's not word for word. But when I because I started reading the book and then I started uh, listening to the audiobook, so in the audiobook it talks about you know oh you know Darth Vader said let's not kill him blah blah blah. But in the book, Shizor picks up, um, he says, um, obviously, you know, Vader says if he could be turned, he would become a powerful ally. But Shizor yes. comments, 
There was something in Vader's voice when he said this, something Shizor could not quite put his finger on. Longing, worry, hope. And then skip down, he says, ah, Vader wanted Skywalker alive. That was what he had been in his tone. Yes, he had said that the boy would join them or die, but this latter part was obviously meant only to placate the Emperor. Vader had no intention of killing Skywalker, his own son. So, to me, that was a huge deal. I know it's all to all three of us. Um, hearing Shizor pick up from Darth Vader almost a paternal yes. longing. Absolutely. And if you're just watching the movies, like, you know, if I'm going back to the first time I ever watched this, I'm like, this guy just wants to, you know, he just wants another another yes man. But we're seeing here from the books, I'm like, wow, it actually might have been deeper than that. And I loved kind of journeying into that with, with because it gets, and it gets more. There's more to talk about with that. But yeah, yeah. this so, is our first taste of it. And it's like on page three. Yes. So, Darth Vader. Uh, Jeff, you know, we, we grew up diehard Star Wars fans. We still are. You remember in the first Star Wars movie, Darth Vader was, by, and by most rights, by all rights really, was a two-dimensional, dark, specter, scary, you know. Yeah, he's just a bad guy. The, the little depth that we get from him is towards the end when he faces Ben. But really, he's just big, scary man. It's not until we get into Empire that he reveals the bombshell. I'm your father. We don't get the first glimpse that Darth Vader is actually having conflict with the good part of himself, the part of him, the Anakin Skywalker part of him, really until Jedi. And it's Luke that points it out. He goes, you are conflicted, Dad. You're conflicted. Don't act like you're not. But we don't get that until towards the end of Jedi. But we start to see this in, in shadows, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And this is so important. And Jeff, we mentioned this. We talked about this. In fact, Jeff mentioned it. He goes... You know, after reading the book, why the heck was Dash Rendar the main character of the video game? <laughs> Dash Rendar actually plays a very supporting role. I don't yeah. want to say minor. He's very important, but he's always supporting. Nothing is ever really... There's no... He subs- never, like, fully takes the stage. No. And, like, that's it. Like, he, he is... He's 100%. Like, I I, I think... And this is just my, my perspective. I may be completely wrong. But Han, Han is, is he's not here. He's frozen right. in carbonite. They needed a Han replacement. Yep. They needed a substitute. Like they needed somebody to fill that right. that niche role. You know? And and I believe that's probably the main motivation right, for the creation it, of his yeah. character. I might be wrong. I and mean, there might be a rabid fans out there like, you know, cursing my name right now. I don't know. But like <laughs> for for me, that's what I got. No, out of I reading agree. This book. I think he was just like, we need a shoot at the hip, hot shot, you know, flyboy, bounty hunter, smuggler type guy, and that's who Dash Rendar is. Uh, he was friends with Han Solo from years back. He was a Battle of Hoth veteran. In fact, in the Shadows of the Empire video game, you begin the game in the Battle of Hoth, and you're Dash Rendar. You're in a freaking snowspeeder. So he was there. So they really, they really put Dash Rendar in, in in a pretty major, you know, a pretty major place in the story, and have him as a participant. Yeah. But I agree with Jeff. But here's the thing: in the story, it's not that Dash isn't important to the story. He's very important to the story. But like you said, he never takes the center stage. Yeah. And very seldom do we we don't get any substantial substantial elongated moments where we're only looking from Dash's perspective. Right, and that's because he's not... They didn't design him to have depth. He's not designed... To me, it it appears he is not designed to have depth. I I would agree with you, Jeff. I think this is the first time I'm hearing you say that. He is essentially a Han placeholder because he even kind of... It it describes him as having a Han-like swagger. It's... But so, it's, right? Yeah. Well, they they didn't want to they didn't want to disrupt the formula, you know, that they had going. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's just clearly a device, right? But it's not that I didn't like Dash Rendar. Now, right. <laughs> we had our qualms with how he was read in the in the audio uh, drama. <laughs> yeah, he 
he he would okay that's the that's one thing i will say about <laughs> this audiobook is i'm listening to it i'm like oh you know i can't wait till dash rendar gets in it i thought he was going to be like the main guy and then he starts you know reading for him and ah uh, it's like it's like it's like a new york like bronx douchebag like yeah, like I don't some know. like yeah, <laughs> yeah, like some pool hustler, you know. Like, hey guys, yeah. I'm like no, <laughs> yeah, like he's like that had to be said. I mean, look, there might be some people like, oh, I really liked it. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it, I like Dash Rendar though. I, right. I thought he was aside from the obvious like, hey, this is a this is just Han Solo, this is just another Han Solo type, right? You know, fill in. He had a ship called the Outrider, which is a really cool-looking ship, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, like, how, how would you describe his ship? Oh, like, I gosh, mean, the, I, really sleek, we'll have to find right? a picture like, of it to put in the put in the yeah. social media. I can't describe it. No, I mean, the like, it, like it's the Bugatti of like ships. Apparently, <laughs> it, it's really it's, good. It's it's a Corellian. It's it's from the same manufacturer as the as the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, and they, and they mentioned that in the book. But but he has but but it, it, I think it, they, they, didn't they say it was like sleeker, like really like wow, like this is nice. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't as beat up as old. It's, yeah, old it certainly Falcon. wasn't as beat up. You know, which Lando when he's uh, he's like, yeah, I can't believe, you know, you know, I can't believe Han did all that to my ship. You know, mm-hmm. which is you know interesting because Solo is so, so Shadows makes Shadows makes connections to Star Wars canon, and interestingly enough, Star Wars canon, whether you know intentionally or unintentionally, right. makes connections to Shadows. Which you have to, I mean, I have to give the author props for, I mean, writing something that seems to lend itself even in future efforts. And one of the things that we talked about was the authenticity of Dash Rendar as far as is he canon or not. Right. He is, interestingly enough. And the movie that makes Dash Rendar canon is Solo. Which is weird. Well, it's the story about well, it's a story about Han Solo. No, I know, but like I, that's not the thing I would have expected, you know. Well, to... the movie doesn't mention Dash Rendar. A companion book ah. to Solo, a Star Wars story, mentions a hotshot flyboy named Rendar. <laughs> so Dash is canon. Even that, that's what I'm saying. You know, there are parts of Shadows mm-hmm. that are canon, obviously, but the story itself isn't. So Dash actually is a canon uh, character. What his involvement is, you know, is can only be speculated because it's about as much as we got. All right. So now that we've went through that, that was a very important scene though. I mean, with Vader. Yeah. And it sets, it's, it really actually sets up Darth Vader. It's probably the the mo- of the one story. of the most, even though it's like a repeat of the movie, it's one of the most important parts of the entire story. And this culminates before we get into the actual part of the narrative that is moving forward, you know, cause it was so important to cover that. Yes. That 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 almost like a a prologue. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that works. But so the question is whose story is Shadows of the Empire, you know? And and one of the things Jeff said when when we were discussing this was I was shocked that this was not told from the perspective of Dash Render. Like I thought this was Dash's story and that he was witnessing all this. Right. You know, and you you think that if you play the game. Right, right. And, right. and I book, never right? obviously never played the game, so and then we talked about it, and Jeff was like, this is a story about, one, this is about Prince Shizor. This is his story. Right. And then after further discussion, it's like, well, not only is this Shizor's story, it's also Vader's story. And it's Luke's story. I, I, would, I would say it's Shizor and, and Luke, but, Vader, but, but it gives a, a much deeper perspective into Vader, you know, in, in terms of like... That that duality that he's 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 facing in in his own mind, you know what I mean? Right. It, it really, really um, fleshes that out, which much better than even the movies did. I I, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, I which, feel like that was a gift to fans. Right. Well, novel sure. and obviously novels have the room to do that. And, and right. yeah, I, I would go as far as to say that the 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 protagonists of shadows are. Shizor, even though he also becomes an antagonist, he kind of yeah, well at least, at least the key players, right? We but the key say, players, yeah. the, the who the who the story belongs to right. is Shizor, 
Vader, and Luke. And the story kind of jockeys between those three. Right. We have Luke's development as a Jedi, Vader's search for his son, and Shizor's ambitions to be the Emperor's right-hand man. And to also extinguish Vader. And also to extinguish Vader and extinguish Luke. Right. Because he's, yeah. the, he's yeah. the one who wants Luke dead. Right. Obviously, we know Vader's And that will not. get the, him and the Emperor's good graces. So Right. So... And again, and again, you you get all that really, you know, at the, at, towards the beginning. It's kind of like yep. you start to realize not long into the book that th- this isn't really this isn't about Dash Rendar at all. No, he's just in it. You don't know he's much just about. Like, hey guys, <laughs> you know about as much. You know about as m- much about Dash Rendar at the end of the story as you do at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, you really don't find out much more about him. That's really you know? true. Whereas. We see these. De- we see Luke especially develop. We see Vader develop, and of course, we you know Shizor uh, to a degree develops. I guess you know um, he at the very least perseveres. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the story. So once we get past that prologue, which I know took us a while to get past, but it was important. So we go to our heroes: Leia, Luke, Chewbacca, and Lando, and they want Han. Got to save him. We need Han. Yeah, yeah. Is this where they're in like uh, Obi Wan's like house? On yeah, Tatooine? yeah. Which is really important because yeah, it's where Luke's staying, and this is where Luke finds the plans for his new lightsaber. Because again, if you yeah, re- yeah, both the lightsaber, and then and and his like hand, his robotic hand is still acclimating to his body. Yeah. It's like it's still like you know yeah, he and that's really cool. The audio book and... it, it did the little like you know yeah, like, it of it the, makes of noises hand. right. Yeah, I would say yeah, the scenes in Ben's house were really good. Um, yeah, like, any any time the book stayed grounded uh, to, to the to the to the mythology, yeah, it, it it did really well. I I think one thing I'll say for the books that I've enjoyed, and I and I I have to say, I ca- I I caught it better reading it than I did with the audiobook. But the strengths of this book were the character development and the mentality of the mentality of the characters. Um. Listening to Luke talk about the Force and how he likened it to walking a tightrope, and yeah. how he's caught like he feels like the dark side's rushing behind him, but then once he's once he becomes one with that light and that dark, he can walk it. Like yeah. that was a really cool and intense moment while he was trying to make sense of the world. Now that he's he knows Darth Vader's his dad, like what do I do with what do I do right. with me right now? Yeah, that was really really cool. Yeah, they. Let's see, this was in 96. God, well, this is even before, if I'm not mistaken, this is before The Matrix. The Matrix was 98. 98 and 99. So I remember several times in the book, anytime Luke tapped into the Force, he said that things would slow down. Yeah. And I loved that. It, my favorite parts of the book is when is how it verbally explained Luke's perspective of when the Force, of when he would tap into the Force. Yeah. And how it would make, it, it, it explained, what it did was, it explained the perspective of a Jedi and and how the Force makes them able to do the things they're able to do. Yeah. Like, sometimes... The and, for- Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and I think Brooke alluded to this a little bit, but, like, I remember one part, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, it was almost like he said at one point he could he could feel the cold the coldness of the dark side, like, looming near him, and he, like, yes. had, like... Yes push it away it was, it was it's like it's never far you know no and that part really like it gave me chills like i was like oh you know because because right. we've never when had a tangible guess, when you're, thing yeah what was that we've never had like a, a like a we always just hear use the force and we're like right. okay i guess i know what he's doing right but and with we, this we were, he he was like i f- i feel it like i can feel the good i can feel the dark and he allowed us to feel it with them and then when he was tapping into the light he said i feel like i can do miracles like just using and and the last jedi the last jedi did that but it was very very transparent it was very like you know yeah Yeah, it was really cool yeah and 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 I, i and it also again explained okay this is how jedi are able to be so formidable in combat this is how they're able to you know, just run roughshod into a platoon of bad guys and not get hit. Mm-hmm. You know, when Luke would describe, oh, you know, suddenly everything would slow down 
and it would it would be as if he would move involuntarily to do things. Yeah, yeah. Like he cool. he let the force take over, and that's right. why he was able to like I love that. dodge the the bolts of the of the blasters and stuff. And, anytime yeah. Shadows of the Empire, anytime the author explored uh, Luke's um, engagement with the Force, yeah, and or Darth Vader's as well. Yes, yeah. I have a part highlighted though. I want to read. Yeah, when we get to him. So same thing. Yeah. So. And we talked about the parts at Ben's house, and by Ben we mean Obi Wan. Right. It, it was so great because it goes pretty, uh, pretty good in depth with um, the construction of his lightsaber. I'm talking like yeah. he's, he's making the jewel and he's making you know the, the crystal and um, all that stuff based on plans that Ben had left that he said Ben likely, you know, that Obi Wan likely left on purpose, knowing he'd yeah. find mm-hmm. and. You know, it, it's of little coincidence that Luke's final lightsaber, his green one, yeah, looks exactly like Ben's. The hilt looks exactly like right. Ben's. And then just symbolically, at this point in the story, he is quite literally rebuilding his state of mind after having right. found out all this stuff. So f- to to have him literally building a lightsaber and at the same time making mental and emotional sense of his world right now. For me, it hit really hard. And maybe that's just because I'm the English teacher in me. But I was like, oh, my God, this is so heavy and right. deep. And I love it. Really, really cool. So just to, you know, to get back to the story. Yeah. So Luke and Leia, Chewbacca, Lando, they want to go after Han. You know, they want to save him. Uh, and they're able to get the location of Han and by, well, Boba Fett, who has right. Han. They're able to get Boba Fett's location from Dash Rendar, mm-hmm. who is a mutual friend of Han and Lando. Lando's got all the connections. Like, of course, you know, of course. Lando, Lando's got all the guys that know where to find everything, just like Han had all those connections. You know, Lando's got the same connections. Um, and so Lando connects with Dash, who's able to find the location of Boba Fett slash Han Solo. Uh, they attempt to save Han, but here comes the Imperial TIE Fighters, you know, and they are unable to save Han. And they have to regroup. They have to go back to Tatooine. All the while, there's this political intrigue going on with Vader, the Emperor, and Shizor. It's like this this uh, political triangle, you know, where the Emperor, who I think is almost enjoying it, you know, and it makes sure. you wonder, Jeff, honestly, and I, I ask this question myself, how much, and I'm asking you this now, how much do you think the Emperor really knew? How much do you think he? I, I think he kind of. Re- I think he knew, part because. Oh, the, I think he knew everything. I think he knew. Yeah, I think he knew. Because I mean, you know, well, when this book was written, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure where they were in terms of like you know what's canon and stuff. But as we learned later, with how powerful um, Snoke was, and how he could like you know pretty much he knew exactly what like. Ray and, and Kylo Ren was thinking, but Kylo Ren was obviously able to trick him at some, in, to some degree because he was able to kill him. But like, spoiler alert! No. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, so I, I would have to imagine Palpatine is as powerful as one can be with the Force uh, from the dark side. Yes, you know, obviously. So yeah, he's just enjoying he, being for all we know, he, he he literally knew the mind the mind of Vader the whole time. He knew he knew Caesar's plan. Just wanted to see how it played out. You know, I, 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 I can see that totally. Yeah. So, so essentially the, the first part of the book is, is a failed attempt to retrieve Han from Boba Fett. And then our heroes split up. Uh, Luke goes back to Tatooine. Uh, Leia decides to, the only way she feels like she can obviously, well, she wants to save Han, but she's also a leader in the rebellion. She decides, you know what? Maybe I can get help from the Black Sun. Remember, this is Shizor's organization. Yeah, and the boy. way she sees it is, she, one, she doesn't know that Shizor is trying to get in with Vader. Right. Excuse me, get in with Palpatine. She sees the Black Sun as, hey, look, the Rebel Alliance has one mission. Black Sun has another mission, but we have a common enemy. It's the right. Empire. And she's a diplomat, I mean. And she's a diplomat. So she thinks, let's meet with, you know, she goes to Lando, hey, can you hook me up with somebody in the Black Sun so I can maybe try to somehow, you know, strengthen the position of the Rebel Alliance, you know. 
And, of course, Lando knows somebody. And so he is able to eventually connect Leia to Guri, who's another new player here. Guri is is the bodyguard and right-hand person to right-hand woman of of uh, Prince Sheezel. Right-hand droid. Yeah, and she's a droid. She's a very human-looking uh, droid. I mean, by all rights, it, it, you know, she's... She'd be undetectable. Yeah. So while she's doing that, so Leia's working her way up to the Black Sun. Of course, she's going to find herself before she's or himself. And while she's doing that, Luke is back at Ben's. He constructs this lightsaber. It's the green one that we all love that we see in Jedi. Well, he is attacked by a group of swoop bike riders that were working for Jabba the Hutt. Dash Rendar was sent by Leia to just keep an eye on Luke. Like, hey, just keep an eye on him. I'm worried about him, you know, because, you know, she knows that Vader's got it out for him. Well, Dash ends up having to come out of hiding to save Luke. This is where Luke gets a message that there are plans for a second Death Star located on this freighter, right? Right, (laughs) And this is one of our favorite parts to talk about. <laughs> so while Leia, while Leia, Lando, and Chewie are trying to work their way up the Black Sun, right? Uh, you know, to to again strengthen the position of the Rebel Alliance. Luke and Dash are first off they fend they fended off attack from Jabba the Hutt. And by the way, we find that the person who's putting these hits out on Luke is Shizor. Right, he's trying to usurp Vader. So Vader's like, I need to get Luke. I need to get, I need to turn him. One, he's my son. Right. And two, I'm trying to get a a powerful asset for the Emperor. Mm-hmm. So Shizor's like, well, the best thing I can do for myself is to take out Luke, and that means Vader would fail, and that means he'll fall out of the Emperor's graces. And I'm I'm and in I'm in. I'm or in. closer to being in. Yeah. So all these hits on Luke's life. Are from Shizor. Are from Shizor. They're from Shizor. Again, Luke and Dash are on Tatooine. They avoid a hit on Luke's life, right? And then they get a message. It was meant for Princess Leia, but Luke receives it on her behalf. And it comes to find out, comes to find out that there is plans for a second Death Star on this freighter. And it gets a location, everything, and Luke decides to get Dash. And some Bothan pilots, and <laughs> who who else? None other than Wedge and Rogue Squadron. <laughs> who and he the, has on speed dial? Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> and and this this we thought was so funny because, <laughs> and we laughed and <laughs> joked about this. Um, it was one of the it was one of the funniest parts of our conversation about this. <laughs> Was Jeff basically saying, you know, he's? It seems awful convenient that he can just say, "Hey, Wedge, drop what you're doing." <laughs> you know, for all we know, Wedge could be liberating some planet from the Empire. Sure. You know, and he, and, oh, guys, pull up. That looks calling. Sorry. Well, <laughs> it just it just seems like they they can pull together uh, a, a lot of freaking you know X wings and Y wings <laughs> and Rogue Squadrons together really really quickly. Like a drop of the dime. I mean, <laughs> y- y- and you got to think like how much how much fuel does this cost? Like what 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 you know? There's got to be like there's got to be approval from like you know General Riken. There's got to be like uh, who would wh- say wait, no? What? He would say what are we no. Doing? <laughs> he would say like, no. what is this for? <laughs> oh, we're gonna go to save Han. Uh, we're, we're gonna go directly into a star destroyer. We're gonna take half our uh, uh, rogue squad. It's fine, right? No, for Han. For no. Han, the, <laughs> it's like for Han, the guy, the guy that quit. He quit. <laughs> he quit right when he quit right when things got bad in Hoth. Like, you want to go? Yeah, sta- you're not He's doing like, this. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not signing that. <laughs> Get out of here. Go back to doing what you were doing before Luke called you, and I'm going to deal with Luke. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a high-ranking officer, Luke is, but... Right. I mean, does he have that much pull? Really? No. Probably, no. Probably sure. not. There's tons of generals. I mean, geez, Lando Lando becomes a general. Han, I think, was... Han was a general. <laughs> so it's not saying or, a lot to be a general in this particular Leia's a general. field here. There's General Veer. Uh, no, he's, he's Empire. I know there was there was a uh, General Maydeen. <laughs> there was gen- there was General Maydeen. There's Admiral Akbar. They would all be like, well, "Wait a minute, well, slow down. Wait, what? What's it, it, happening?" Admiral right Akbar now? is like, "What's what's going on? 
No, t- stop that. Undo that. No, we need to find out. Like, you know, I'm yeah. just. It's just you know. There just seems to be no procedure. Here come for yeah. sanctioning something like this, <laughs> and Wedge just acts and it's like kind of a big deal. Yeah, and Wedge shows up like it's not a problem. He goes, "We're here, Luke. Like we are just not a problem. We were literally waiting for you to yeah. call, and we were literally <laughs> already in the system. Like we are just like right here. Like Aww. we've actually been tracking you. It's fine. And so, well, what ends up happening is Luke with Rogue Squadron and Dash, they, they, and some Bothan pilots who are already, you know giving their all for the calls and um they approached this seemingly harmless freighter you know it's like flying <laughs> oh, this isn't an issue guys we'll just uh we'll pour right up alongside or we'll just talk to the guy and we'll we'll get the plans not a problem <laughs> next thing you know this thing turns into like a death trap <laughs> come to find out it's got enhanced shields all these hidden weapons and it completely <laughs> takes them to task kills like all the bottom pilots yeah. or a Quite a few. <laughs> Poor Bothans. I know on. they're the ones that get the they're the ones that get the short end of the stick. I think it killed some Rogue Squadron dudes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I killed like yeah. all of them <laughs> except like Wedge. Like, Wedge is like uh, Wedge is like I'm oh, out of oh, here. That's all right, Luke. We're still with you, Luke. I'm gonna go back and get some more guys. <laughs> so and, and it all comes down to this one missile that the thing shoots. So so there you know this thing starts you know when they when they come up to it you know. They try to get the plans, and the thing just starts firing on them. <laughs> and, of course, Luke is using the Force, so he's not getting hit, but everybody else is getting completely <laughs> Meanwhile, shredded. Meanwhile, the yeah. rest of his people... The, the Bothans don't know the Force. Wedge is just kind of like... I, Wedge, I'm assuming, is... <laughs> he's doing his best. And then one of them, uh, one of the things... Uh, excuse me. Uh, the, sh- the ship then shoots this, like, missile, mm-hmm. and it's heading towards, like, four of the fighters or two, or it's like a group of them, and Luke's like, Dash... Shoot that missile. That's all you have to do. <laughs> you have one job. Right? So what happens, Jeff? Well, you know, he's he's shooting it, and he's like, um, I'm, I, I thought I shot it like ten times. I don't know what's going on. And that's how the guy reads his like line. He's like, <laughs> it's really bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So he he does not succeed in destroying the missile, and... As a result, like ten Y wings die. Like <laughs> it's just, it's just a massacre. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, okay, well, that was a big <laughs> f fail, right, right there. <laughs> so when the smoke clears, in the end, Luke ends up saving the day and of course, somehow of like dis- disabling everything and. He's like, all right, now nah, nah, nah. you do shoot one more thing in your history, you know. But when the smoke clears, it's Luke, Dash, Wedge, and maybe one other Rogue Squadron yeah, dude. Like two other guys. Who's like <laughs> completely soiled himself, you know. And everyone. <laughs> and and um, they do get the plans. They do get the plans. And um, I'm glad after all that. Right. And that's really kind of like, I mean, we're getting close to an hour here. Or we might be around an hour. And I think this is kind of a good place to to um, to put a cap on things for next week because we definitely need to do this in two parts. We've we got a good bit of story left um, where we really get into more of Shizor yes. and his plans and, you know, what we'll catch back up with Lando, Leia, and Chewie. And uh, how, of course, everything comes together, you know. Uh, but, yeah, th- so far, it's it's a pretty wild ride. It's not without its issues, the story is. Right. <laughs> but um, basically, what we've learned so far is Luke is, is, you know, Luke is described and his, again, his interactions with the Force are described really well. We're also learning that Dash Rendar's a dunce. <laughs> Or just wait. I know, oh, yeah. This isn't even. <laughs> we're not even. Yeah, we're not even there yet. We're not even there yet. With, it gets so much worse. With, with Lando and Chewie and Dash. Yeah. And Dash. Yeah. Yeah. So I have um, to say, like, like yeah, the, go ahead. The, the last half of this book is like probably one of the single most hilarious <laughs> segments of Star Wars, and uh, unintentionally. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, yeah, we, we really look forward to uh, taking you guys uh, through through the rest of this story next week. But, um, yeah, a, a lot of this was obviously setting up. I mean, I know we needed to spend a lot of time talking about that prologue and obviously, you know, um, what was what's going on with, with Vader. And, and, and I just I was not expected, expecting to be impacted by that, by looking at that conversation in, in a different light. And I loved how they utilized Shizor in that. And uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get to know Shizor a lot more, of course, next week. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, does anybody have anything else before we before we wrap up? Uh, I think my main takeaways that I'm, that even after just talking with you guys tonight, I realized that um, the the space battles and things like that are definitely plot devices because the fact that we spent the most time talking about small scenes that reveal character. It just shows where the strengths of the book are, That's and true. really, actually, where the real plot that like we care about moves forward. Um, yes. So I think that that for me, and and, and we all know because we finished the book, that continues to be a theme. It's like space battles just move the story forward chronologically, but these scenes where we see the mentality of the people—that's what moves the story forward as far as what's actually going on. I fully agree. That's true. It's it's so like so there'll be more of that next week. I think that obviously the action is necessary. Star Wars without action? No, it's necessary, but it does read different though. It does like that's the thing. I don't enjoy reading it because I enjoy watching it. I don't enjoy reading it. When I was when 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 we first started listening to the book, you know, um, you know, I remember when Jeff started reading it first, and Jeff was like, "Hey, like so far." You know, it's going really well. <laughs> it there is moments where it starts to unravel, but it never fully unravels. No. There starts where it, 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 where it kind of starts to lose its way, but it, it gets back. I think it absolutely gets back. All in all, I'm, I was happy with it. Yeah, but but um, Jeff was like, it, it's 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 good so far. And then me and Brooke started listening to it, and man, that first the first that, like three chapters, I think. Oh gosh, I was locked in, and it was there was no action really. I know. I could. I would have. I could have kept it that way. <laughs> it was just. It was just. It was just the inside of Vader's head, and then Shizor's head, and 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 then inside of Luke's mind. Oh man! And even Leia. I mean, even Leia's stuff. I was like, I'm here for this. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. It's. It's good. Yeah, and we'll get. We'll get more into stuff with Leia and stuff because you really get more into her in the second half of the, uh, when she kind of like goes off and she kind of takes the lead. You know, with with moving up to Shizor. Right, and then of course the the sewer part, which we're excited <laughs> to talk about next week. I'll let you take the lead on that, Jeff. <laughs> and 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 also the the droids with the Millennium Falcon. That's yeah. Oh my god, I don't know. We got to talk about that. I know. Uh, well, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I want to talk about it now. But you're really yeah, As, guys. Yeah, if, if you've stop. been, if you, <laughs> we have to wrap this up now. If you've been, ha- yeah, <laughs> guys. If you've been hanging with us. Um, we are so appreciative. Uh, it's been about an hour. Um, we hope that, you know, this talk, if you've not read Shadows of the Empire, go check it out. Look, it's a three-hour read on Audible just to listen to it. Uh, and I would recommend that if you don't have a lot of time. You can listen to it on the way to work. And, you know, it really is a worthy... Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's really a, a worthy submission, you know. And, and, and the guy does a great job reading it, all in all. I mean, you know, yeah, we've taken some jabs at it, but, I mean... We take we take jabs at stuff we love, you know. We do, even if we love it, we still take jabs at it, you know. But, <laughs> but if you've been with us, thank you so much. Um, we've enjoyed it. We're going to be back next week, Jeff. So happy to have you with us this week, and excited to have you with us next week as well. Um, oh yeah. And just to let you guys know, this is not the only time we talk to Jeff. I talk, <laughs> we, we talked, talk we talked, we talked to Jeff every single day. <laughs> uh, but our schedules are crazy. Jeff's a hardworking man. We really have to prepare to get him on the show, and uh, we appreciate you always being on. And uh, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Brooke, why don't you tell tell everyone where they can find us? Alrighty. If you are on Instagram, that's where we spend most of our times, where we uh, do a lot of our posting and commenting. We are there at the Tape Store. We're also on TikTok by the same name. If you have Twitter, we're the Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to shoot us an email, we'd be uh, happy to hear from you. We're the Tape Store Podcast at gmail and, of course, uh, if you get a chance, leave us a rating. That always means a lot, and I'm not going to spend much more time on that. Uh, to everybody who 
listens and shouts out to us and stuff. We just want you to know our listeners very much appreciate you. This has been Shadows of the Empire Part 1, and we will see you back next week. Be there, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>